Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. We are switching gears here just a little bit. We're posting the first four episodes of the Superman storyline called Hate Mongers. It has 25 parts in all, and we'll be posting the rest to our YouTube channel. But after the events in Charlottesville last week, it's disturbing to know that a kid's radio show in 1946 knew the dangers of demagoguery, but we seem to have lost that now. Kellogg's Pet! The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, Superman, in his role of Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, comes face-to-face with the most dangerous menace in the world, the menace of hate. Say, gang, do you know what your mother would like to give you for breakfast most any time of the year? A heaping bowl of sunshine. Yes, sir. She knows the important effect of sunshine in helping you build strong bones and teeth. So one of the next best things is Kellogg's Pep. Because you can get the vitamin D effect of sunshine in this sunny golden toasted cereal. Why, your regular serving of pep gives you your whole daily minimum need of sunshine vitamin D, plus more than twice as much of an energy vitamin B1 as in sun-ripened whole wheat. Of course, you like pep for breakfast because it's a doggone golden and crisp and has that real wide-awake flavor. And because that's how you get those exciting comic buttons all the gang's collecting. Aren't the characters in this new second series really nifty-looking? Why, they're bright-colored and, and red and blue and yellow and black. All kinds of wonderful colors. But remember, there's only one way you can get these comic buttons. You can't buy them anywhere, and you don't send in either money or a box stop. You just make sure Mom keeps stocked up with plenty of Kellogg's Pep. And look for your prize inside the package. That's P-E-P, Pep, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, the adventures of Superman. It is midnight in Metropolis. The city's noisy pulse is stilled. Darkness like a thick blanket covers its sleeping millions. On Morton Street, alive by day with the clatter of neighborhood crowds, all is silent save for the distant tolling of the clock in the insurance building tower. The muffled hollow footsteps of two shrouded figures move cautiously along the row of darkened storefronts, keeping close in their shadows. They pass the community market, its green shades drawn. They pass Miller's Bakery and Spinelli's Shoe Repair Shop and Clausen Brothers' Butchers. Then suddenly, at a whispered command from one, they stop, crouched and alert in the thick shadows. There is a light in the corner drugstore. I thought you said he closes before midnight. Yeah, yeah, he does. I cased the joint all week. You cased the joint? I ought to sock you one. Honest, honest, I did. How can I help it if he ain't closed up yet? Maybe he's got a customer. Yeah, maybe you ain't gonna live long enough to... Hey, get back. What's the matter? Someone's coming out of the store. You see? He told you he had a customer. You told me. Yeah, yeah, I said Shut up. But... Shut up. 
Here he comes. Who? Who do you suppose? Oh, oh yeah. Hey, it's him. He's locking the door. Keep back. He's getting this car, see? Just like I told you. You told me. Get ready. Yeah, sure. Sure, I'm ready. You got the bottle? The what? The bottle, you dummy, the bottle. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, yeah, I got it. Hey, what's in it? What do you think? Huh? Hey, there he goes. He's driving away. Come on. Wait, wait a minute. What for? Wait he gets out of sight, you dope. Okay. Coast is clear. Let's go. You know what to do now? Yeah, yeah, sure I know. Listen, you mess this up and I'll break oh, it. Oh, I Don't worry. Better not. Okay, here we are. What are you waiting for? I'm just looking at all that blue gauze and the wind advertising perfume. Ain't that gonna boing pretty, huh? Yeah. Hey, come on, throw that thing, will you? Okay. Here goes. Holy cow. Hurry up, you dope. Sprinkle that stuff around. Yeah, I am. Wait a minute, will you? All right, that's enough. Get back. I'm gonna toss a match in there. <clears throat> Creepers. Okay. That'll learn them. Come on, let's go. Mr. Ken and Mr. White, what you saw on Morton Street last night. Gosh, uh, are you sure it's okay, Jim? Well, you don't think I would have brought you down here if I didn't think it was okay, do you? Yeah, I know, but... Well, gosh, if they ever find out that... If who finds out? What's this all about, Olson? Who is this kid? Well, His name is Danny O'Neill, Chief. He's a friend of Jimmy's, and he's a newsboy. Oh. Look, Danny... Yes, sir? You'd like to tell us something about the Morton Street fire, wouldn't you? How did you know? Well, Jim said you saw something on Morton Street last night, and since that's where the fire started, I just sort of put two and two together. Danny saw plenty. He saw the guys who started the fire. What? Kent, tell Bob to hold the presses. Now, wait a minute. the makeup roll. Rip out the front page. Don't sit there gaping at me. This is a scoop. Do you hear me? A scoop. Jim, you said they wouldn't put it in the paper. You promised. Kent, in the name of heaven, will you? Just a minute, Chief. I promised Danny we wouldn't print anything he told us, Mr. White. You promised Danny. And who are you? Well, I'm running this paper, and I'll decide what to print and what not to print. <laughs> now see what you've done, yelling at the top of your lungs. See what I've done. Oh, don't cry, Danny. It'll be all right. Oh, Kent, for the last time, will you get those presses stopped? No, or... I won't. What? Now look, Chief. You know as well as anyone does that off-the-record statements made to a reporter are held in confidence. But, but he's only a kid. I don't care if he's a kid or a king or a prince or a pauper. He has as much right to have his confidences respected as anyone. Well, okay, you win. Hey, you see, Danny, everything's all right. It's not going to be printed. Now you can tell him. You better tell him, Jim. I'm too... Oh, okay, Danny. Here, here's a clean handkerchief. Blow your nose. Thanks. Now, you just sit back and relax. I'll tell Mr. Ken and Mr. White what you saw. Oh, if I get anything wrong, you correct me, huh? All right. Go ahead, Jim. Well... Last night, Danny's mother got sick, and she needed some medicine. Uh-huh. It was around midnight, and although Danny wasn't sure the drugstore would be open, he got dressed and went down. It was closed. But as he came around the corner, he saw two guys standing in front of the Morton Street window of the store. One of them had a brick in his hand, and the other one had a bottle. What kind of a bottle? I'll come to that. Well, anyway, suddenly the guy with the brick tossed it through the store window. 
The guy with the bottle ran up to the window and sprinkled some stuff inside. Gasoline. Then the guy who threw the brick lit a match and set fire to it. Then they ran. Good Godfrey. And you mean to tell me we can't print that? Wait a minute, Chief. There's more. Go on, Jim. Oh, the first thing Danny thought of was to turn in a fire alarm. So he ran across the street to a box and rang the alarm. And then he got frightened. Why, Danny? You tell him, Jim. Well, he... He got frightened because he thought he recognized the guy who threw the brick and set the stuff in the window on fire. Who was he? Danny thinks it was a guy named Muggs, a big tough kid who quit school last year and spends all his time hanging around a pool room. I don't understand. Why did that frighten you, Danny? You know why, Jim. Sure. Danny was frightened because when he came around the corner, he was right under a street lamp. And just as he saw Muggs and recognized him, he sure Muggs saw him. Uh Uh-huh. That's why he was afraid to go to the police. That's why he came to me. Muggs will kill me if he finds out I snitched. Over my dead body, he will. Kent, you get Henderson on the phone. Tell him to send a squad of cops into that neighborhood immediately. I want that little hoodlum, that Muggs character, picked up tonight. He, he's not there. Well, not where, Danny? He went away. What? I heard the other tough kids talking about how Muggs went away and, and wouldn't be back till tomorrow. Uh, hiding out like a big-time gangster. Well, tomorrow's time enough. Uh, what's Muggs's last name, Danny? I don't know. That's the only name they call him. You wouldn't have any idea why he and the other boys started that fire in the drugstore, would you? No. I don't know why they did it. What's the difference why they did it? They did it? Well, uh, it may make a lot of difference. Okay, Danny, I think you've told us all we need to know. And look, son, don't worry. Nothing's gonna happen to you. That Muggs is awful tough. Well, we can be tough, too. Jim. Yeah? Danny's had a pretty tough day. Suppose you take him home in a cab, huh? Oh, sure. And don't go to school tomorrow, Danny. Jim and I'll pick you up about, oh, 10 in the morning. Is that all right? Yeah, I guess so. Good boy. Come on, Danny. We're going home in style. Are we home already? Sure thing. That's where you live, isn't it? Yeah. I'll see you in the morning, Danny. Okay, Jim. So long. So long. Wait a minute, kid. Huh? You Danny O'Neill? Yeah. Okay, skinny. Let him have it. Hey, come on. We'll be back in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. You know, gang, you're always meeting up with Popeye and Maggie and Jigs and the Little King and different funny papers. But here's a way you can get all those comic strip characters, and more too, together at one time. And that's by collecting that exciting new second series of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. And what fun it is to trade duplicates with your friends and add a new button to your collection. Mighty satisfactory, too, to wear all your pep comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap right out where all your pals can see how many you've collected. Because these new second series buttons are real beauties printed in full comic strip colors on a gleaming white enameled button that really shows up. Now, don't forget that there are 18 different comic strip characters in this new second series, and you'll want to collect them all. You can, too. Sure, easy as ABC. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy these pep comic buttons anywhere. You get them just by asking Mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pep. 
Yes, PEP is the prize package where you find new comic buttons to add to your collection. That's P-E-P, PEP, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg, the greatest name in cereals. And now, back to our story. It is 8.30 that same evening. Clark Kent, returning to his apartment after having had dinner with Perry White, enters just as the phone rings. Hello? Mr. Kent, this is Beanie at the office. Oh, yes, Beanie. Gosh, I've been trying to get you for the last half hour. Why, what's the trouble? It's, it's about Jim, Mr. Kent. Jim? What about him? He was taken to the Metropolis Hospital. What was that? I said Jim was taken to the Metropolis Hospital, and he wants you to get down there as fast as you can. Struck as though by a bolt of lightning, the pit of his stomach suddenly empty and hollow, Clark Kent slams the phone receiver down and heads for the door. On Rudy changes his mind, turns and quickly strips off his business suit, revealing himself in the blue costume and red cape of Superman. I can get there a lot faster this way. Up with the window. Out! And away! What has happened to Jimmy Olsen? Is it the same thing we know happened to little Danny O'Neill? Gang, this is only the beginning of the most exciting adventure the Man of Steel has ever taken part in. So don't fail to hear tomorrow's thrill-packed episode entitled The Invisible Killer. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, it's the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in the Superman DC comic magazines. Say, gang, you know what fun it is to make your dog sit up and beg for something good to eat? Well, if you want to make sure your dog gets a good dinner that'll help keep him strong and husky, ask your mother to give him Kellogg's Grow Pup dog food. If you feed Grow Pup to your dog along with the scraps of meat and fat, he ought to get along just fine. That kind of eating will help give him strong bones and teeth and muscles. There's Grow Pup ribbon, Grow Pup meal, and Grow Pup pellets. Just see which your dog likes best and ask mother to feed it to him regularly. Remember, that's Kellogg's Grow Pup. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. His greatest enemy, intolerance. You know, gang, that old phrase, as much fun as a barrel of monkeys, is kind of out of date nowadays. Nowadays, it's as much fun as a collection of pet comic buttons. Yes, sir, that new second series of comic buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pep is a barrel of fun. In the first place, there's the doggone smart looking, right on the beam. The full-color pictures of your funny sheet favorites stand out like anything against the clear white background. Then there's the kick you get out of adding another button to your collection every time Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pep. And even more fun, swapping duplicates with your friends. 
As for strutting around, well, you'll feel like doing a jig when you wear your pet comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap for everybody to see how many you've collected. And you know the best part is, these snappy comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't have to spend any of your allowance for them. Don't even have to send in a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to look inside each package of Kellogg's Pep you open for your exciting prize. Ask Mom to get you lots of P-E-P Pep, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek and Omaha. And now, the adventures of Superman. Less than an hour after Danny O'Neill, a young Daily Planet newsboy, had told Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and editor Perry White that he had seen and recognized one of the two boys who started the fire in Hoffman's drugstore, a fire that spread and wiped out six of the seven buildings on Morton Street, Danny was brutally attacked in the dark hallway of the tenement in which he lives. A short time later, Clark Kent received word from Beanie, the Daily Planet office boy, that Jimmy Olsen was in the Metropolis Hospital. As we continue now, Kent has just rushed into the hospital. And to his amazement, he finds Jimmy nervously pacing the main floor waiting room. Jim, what happened? What's wrong? Gosh, Mr. Ken, I thought you'd never get here. Well, Beanie had some trouble locating me. What's it all about? And the way Beanie talked, I was sure you were in an accident. Oh, no, no, it's not me. It, it's Danny. Danny O'Neill. What about him? All I know is he's in bad shape. He, he's on the danger list. Danger list? What happened to him? Well, you remember when we were in the office and you said to take Danny home in a taxi? Yes. Well, that's what I did. I dropped him right at his door, and I thought I'd be a sport, so I took the taxi home. Yes, go on. Well, I was washing up for dinner when the telephone rang. It was Father Sheehan, you know, the priest at St. Mary's. Well, he's the young priest, isn't he? Yeah. He said Danny was in the hospital, badly hurt, and that he kept asking for me, and could I come right over? Beanie got it all wrong. He said you were taken to the hospital. Well, anyway, what happened to Danny? I don't know. Father Sheehan and the doctor have been with him ever since I got here. Oh? The doctor said he let me know the minute... Oh, here he comes now. You can go up now if you wish, young man. Take the elevator to the fifth floor. Father Sheen is waiting for you outside the room. Thank you, Doctor. Come on, Mr. Kent. What happened to the boy, Father? From all indications, he was cruelly beaten in the hallway of his house. What? One of the tenants found him unconscious. Oh, golly. He's in pretty bad shape. Doctors are afraid he may have a brain concussion. Oh, no. That's what it looks like. Well, we'll go in now. But we can only stay a minute or two. And he mustn't be excited. Remember that, Jim. Huh? Oh, yeah, okay. Danny. Danny, here's Jim. Jim and Mr. Kent. Hello, Danny. Oh. Hi, Jim. Hi, Mr. Kent. Hi, Danny. What... What happened, Danny? They... They were waiting for me in the hall. I didn't even get a chance to fight back. Who was it, Danny? Muggs. Muggs and another kid. A skinny kid. They were laying for me. Okay, that's all we need to know. Look, Jim. What, Danny? My mother, Jim. I'm worried about my mother. She's all alone now, and... Those guys, maybe you'll try to do something to her. Danny. Yes, Father? You trust me, don't you? Sure. Sure I do. Then don't worry about your mother. I promise you no harm will come to her. And she won't be alone either. I'll arrange for someone to live with her until you're well enough to go. The important thing is for you to get well. Get 
Well, quickly. I think you'd all better leave now. He needs rest. Yes, of course, Doctor. I'll see you in the morning, Danny. Yeah, so will I. Thanks, Father. Thanks, Jim. Bye, Danny. Bye, Mr. Kent. Doctor, you have my phone number and guess, Father, I have. Gosh, I never saw anybody's face so white. He's a sick boy, Jim. A very sick boy. Just wait till I get my hands on that mug. Just wait. Easy, Jim. They try to kill him. They try to kill him to keep him quiet. I'm afraid I don't quite understand what this is all about. Do you know, Kent? Yes, Father, I do. It seems that Danny was an accidental eyewitness to the starting of the Morton Street fire last night. He was? Uh Uh-huh. And he recognized the boy who hurled the brick through the window of Hoffman's drugstore. He told Jim about it, and Jim brought him to the Daily Planet, where he repeated the story for Mr. White and myself. He was a little frightened because he thought the boy had seen him, too, and he was afraid he might get into trouble. He was right, he did. And this boy, the boy Denny saw, is he the same one? Yeah, the one who beat him up. His name is Muggs. And he started the Morton Street fire? He and another kid. The boy Denny identified as Muggs broke the window of the drugstore. The other lad sprinkled gasoline over a, a gauze perfume display, and Muggs set fire to it. I see. Why they did it hasn't yet been explained. Unless it was just vandalism. No, Kent. No, there's more to it than that. A lot more. Setting fire to Dave Hoffman's store is just the beginning. Beginning of what? Well, listen. About a month ago, Mr. Walters, principal of the public school, asked me to attend a meeting in his office. Uh There were six of us present. Three members of the clergy. Harry Stone, Rabbi of the Morton Street Temple, Sam Leeds of the First Congregational Church, and myself... And three laymen. George Murphy, the retired police inspector, and Dave Hoffman, the druggist, and Mr. Walters. What was the purpose of the meeting? Well, we met to discuss two things. How we could get the youngsters of this crowded neighborhood off the streets. And more important, how we could show them how to get along with one another. No matter what their race or religion. I can't think of anything better you could have done. Well, to make a long story short, we planned to build a clubhouse and playground for the neighborhood kids. Mm -hmm. We were going to call it Unity House, and its doors were going to be open to youngsters of all races and all creeds. And then something happened? It sure did, Jim. The moment our plan was announced in the papers, all six of us received threatening letters telling us to lay off or else. Did you turn them over to the police? Yes, but there was no chance of tracing them. Evidently, last night, the rats decided to come out of their holes. I'm sure it was they who set fire to Dave Hoffman's store. You mean those kids, Muggs and the other one, don't want you to build a clubhouse? Oh, no, Jim. Father Sheehan means there's someone behind all this. Someone who's telling Muggs and his gang what to do. Perhaps even an organization. That's right, Ken. And if Danny doesn't pull through, it'll mean they're not even stopping at murder. But, but why are they doing it? What's the idea? The idea is to prevent us from getting the youngsters of this neighborhood together. To prevent us from trying to teach them that all of us were created equal. That we have equal rights and that those rights should be respected. Oh, why don't we go out and grab Muggs and get him to tell us who's behind this? It's not that easy, Jim. Chances are he won't talk. Then have him clapped into jail for setting fire to Mr. Hoffman's store and beating Danny up. But it isn't Muggs we're after. It's someone higher up. You agree, don't you, Father? No question about it, Kent. This has all the earmarks of an organized attempt to stir up trouble between people of different races and religions. Why, it's the Nazi method. Well, we licked the Nazis, so I guess we can lick this. Once we locate the people behind it. Got any ideas? Yes. Yes, but I'll have to have a talk with Inspector Henderson first to see whether he'll play ball with us. And I want to talk with you. To me? Uh-huh. Suppose we all get out of the main floor waiting room. Ken, I think perhaps I'd better stay up here. Huh? The way things are, I, I may be needed suddenly. Oh, yes, of course, I understand. But count me in on anything you plan to do. We certainly will, Father. As soon as I'm through with Jim, I'm going over to police headquarters. If Henderson will cooperate... I'm sure we can get those rats you mentioned to 
walk into a trap. We'll return in just a moment for the climax of today's episode. Say, gang, here's something that'll hand you a laugh. It's that Lord Plushbottom button, one of the new second series of comic buttons that now come in packages of Kellogg's Pep. Talk about comical. Why, you'll start to chuckle the minute you see his old-fashioned eyeglasses and walrus-like mustache and high silk hat. And he has the silliest expression on his face. Yes, sir, Lord Plushbottom is sure on the beam when it comes to fun. And all the rest of those 18 new second series comic buttons, too. Maggie and Jigs and Olive Oil and Popeye and Andy Gump, Hans and Fritz and the Little King, Uncle Willie, Emmy, Rip, Winkle, Pop Jenks, and Superman, of course. Boy, it's no end of fun adding to your collection and swapping duplicates with your pals and wearing your buttons on your jacket or dress or cap. And you know, the best part is, it's so easy to get these swell new comic buttons. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to keep you supplied with lots of Kellogg's Pep and look for your prize in every package. Yes, sir, there's a comic button for you every time you open a package of P-E-P Pep, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg, the greatest name in cereals. Back to the adventures of Superman. In the main floor waiting room of the Metropolis Hospital, Clark Kent, his voice low and confidential, outlines his plan to Jimmy Olsen. The point is this, Jim. Under ordinary circumstances, the police would arrest Muggs and the boy who worked with him. However, that would warn whoever's behind Muggs, put them on guard. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Let him go? Well, for the time being... I'll explain the situation to Henderson. I'm sure he'll give me the go-ahead. Go-ahead for what? For the plan I have in mind. Oh. It's dangerous and it may take time, but it's the only way I can see to get to the bottom of this. Let's see. It's 8.30 now. I'll call Lois and the chief from headquarters and have them meet me at the office to talk this over. You'd better get something to eat and then go back to the office and wait for me. Why, well, I, I thought maybe I'd hang around here with Father Sheen. You won't need me. Are you kidding? We need you more than we need anyone. Well, Why? My whole plan revolves about you, Jim. Well, about me? Yes. I might as well tell you now, Jim, before we get into it, that it may mean risking your life. Stunned, Jimmy Olsen stares at Clark Kent, eyes popping and mouth agape. What does Kent mean? What can possibly be the plan that he has in mind? The plan that involves the risk of Jimmy's life. Gang, there's action and excitement ahead as Superman squares off to do battle with a dangerous and unknown enemy, the Breeders of Hate. So be sure to listen tomorrow, same time, same station, for the episode entitled Danger Signal. Superman is brought to you by Kellogg's Pep, the super delicious breakfast cereal. For breakfast... It's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, it's the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine. You know, lots of you kids have dogs, 
And I'll bet one of the things they enjoy most is the tug of war. Dogs seem to get such a kick out of using their strong teeth and muscles. Now, if you want to help keep your dog strong and husky, feed him Kellogg's Grow Pup Dog Food. It's just wonderful for dogs and has a good meaty flavor dogs like. There are three different kinds. There's Grow Pup Ribbon, Grow Pup Meal, and Grow Pup Pellets. Ask your mother to get Kellogg's Grow Pup today and see if your dog doesn't gobble it right up. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, Superman, mighty man of steel, sets out to perform a miracle in an effort to snatch from the jaws of death the life of Danny O'Neill, youthful victim of the forces of intolerance. Say, Rusty, did you know my cousin Doris is sick in bed? Hey, that's a shame. Well, she's just got a cold and won't be out for a few days, but I've been trying to figure out something to get her to play with to help pass the time. Oh, yeah, that's a swell idea. Let's see, yeah. Say, I've got it. Buttons. Buttons? Sure, Doris is collecting that new second series of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep, same as we all are. We'll send her some more. Yeah, Rusty, but, but well, I don't we'll see... take up a collection. Every kid can give up a duplicate button. But you kids have been swapping duplicates to get more for your own collection. Well, it won't hurt any of us to give up one apiece for Doris while she's sick. Well, how are you going to know which comic buttons Doris needs? Oh, you find out from her mother. This will be a surprise. But I know for sure she needs a Superman, and I've got an extra one. I'll start it off with that. Hey, that's mighty swell, Rusty. Mighty thoughtful and generous, too. Because any fellow or girl, any time, is doggone glad to add more of these new second series comic buttons to their collections. They're so smart-looking, really on the beam. Why, those pictures of your favorite comic strip characters look so real they can almost talk. It's a load of fun swapping duplicates with your friends, too. And are these buttons easy to get? You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. You just ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package you open, there's your thrilling prize. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. And now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that the city of Metropolis is about to be swept by a wave of terror growing out of an organized attempt to promote religious and racial prejudice, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter, has called a special night meeting in the office of editor Perry White at the Daily Planet. It is a little after nine when Kent, hurrying through the now-deserted city room, opens the door of White's office to find Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and the gray-haired editor waiting for him. I'm sorry I'm late, but I couldn't help All right, all right. Never mind the excuses. What's this all about, Kent? Well, mind if I catch my breath, Chief? Well, catch something else. If this isn't important, I had a day tonight, but Jimmy it's said that you... It's important, Lois. Very important. Last night, as you know, seven stores on Morton Street were burned down. The fire was started by two boys, one of whom has been identified. 
Where did that information come from? A young friend of Jimmy's, a boy named Danny O'Neill, who happened to see the two kids break the window of Dave Hoffman's drugstore and start the fire. He recognized one of them, a kid known as Muggs. Why didn't he go to the police? Wait a minute, Lois. Danny was afraid to go to the police because, as he said, Muggs was a tough kid, and, well, if he found out Danny had snitched, he'd beat him up. Good heavens! When Danny got home this evening, Muggs and another boy were waiting for him in the hallway of his tenement house. They beat him up so badly that he's now in the Metropolis Hospital hovering between life and death. And you're not serious? Dead serious, Chief. You mean to tell me that you haven't heard anything yet? Jimmy and I were at the hospital. It was about eight, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah, just about. Did you see the boy? Just for a moment or two. But we met his priest, Father Sheehan from St. Mary's. Well, I know Father Sheehan. Well, he told us what was behind the Morton Street fire, Danny O'Neill's beating, and whatever may follow. What do you mean, Clark? Well, here it is in a nutshell. About a month ago, Father Sheehan, Rabbi Stone, the Reverend Dr. Leeds of the Congregational Church, and three laymen formed a committee to raise money to to build a gymnasium and playground for youngsters of the neighborhood. Yes? They were going to call it Unity House and open its doors to every youngster in the neighborhood, regardless of race or religion. Mm, darn good idea. And that's what they thought. But the minute it was announced, they all received threatening letters, warning them to give up the idea if they wanted to stay healthy. Who wrote the letters? Oh, they were anonymous, but... They evidently came from hate mongers. Father Sheehan believes it's an organization attempting to stir up trouble between different races and religions. Well, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. What's this all got to do with the Morton Street fire? Yes, you said two boys were responsible for the fire. Well, Muggs and his companion did the actual damage, but there was someone behind them, whoever wrote the threatening letters. And unless we take action, this thing's going to spread. Dave Hoffman was the first, but... He won't be the last. The only action to take is to have the police pick up those two hoodlums. No, Chief. No, no. I had a long talk with Inspector Henderson. If the police arrest Muggs and the other boy, whoever's behind them will run for cover. No, what we've got to do is use Muggs to get to the higher-ups. Henderson has agreed to lay off long enough to test my plan. And what's your plan? Well, it depends on Jim. What? On me? Yes. You see, my idea is to have Jim pose as a tough little hoodlum, scrape up an acquaintance with Muggs, and get into his gang. Are you mad, Are you crazy, Kent? How do you feel about it, Jim? Well, gosh, I don't know. Why, it's ridiculous. Why, Jimmy is just a boy. Why, won't permit it, No, wait just a minute. To begin with, you both seem to forget that Jim doesn't run copy anymore. He's a reporter, and he's grown up. In addition, he'll have plenty of protection. Police protection? No. The protection of Superman. Superman? That's right. What are you trying to pull, Kent? Not a thing, Chief. I've already contacted Superman, and he's more than anxious to help. Well, if that's the case, I why... still don't think Jimmy should be exposed to any danger. Uh, could please. I say something, please? Sure, go ahead, Jim. Well, I just want to say that even if Superman wasn't going to help us, if Mr. Kent said it was all right for me to do it, I'd do it. Good boy, Jim. Clark, I think you're making a big mistake. Why, if anything happens to Jimmy, you'll be the sorriest man I ever saw. Hello? Who? Yes, yes, he's here. Just a minute. Uh, for you, Kent. Oh, thanks. Hello. Oh, yes, Father. Father Sheehan, it's about Danny. What was that? Yes. Yes. When did it happen? He's dead. Danny's dead. I see. Wait a minute, Jimmy. And he's the only one, eh? Jimmy, just a minute. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, yes, I understand. Well, I'm not so sure of that, Father. We may be able to do something. Will you stand by at the hospital? I'll be in touch with you. Right. Goodbye. What is it, Clark? It's about Danny. Yes, he's... He's taken a bad turn. Can't they do anything for him? Evidently not. He needs a delicate brain operation, and there's only one surgeon in the country who can do it. Well, what are they waiting for? Get him. I've got a hundred dollars saved up, Mr. King. Oh, it's not a matter of money, Jim. It's a matter of time and distance. 
Surgeon may need lives in Chicago, and unless Danny's operated on within, well, at the outside, two hours. It's worth the chance. What's worth the chance? Nothing. Who are you calling, Kent? Huh? Oh, the, the hospital. Well, you just said just you... Just a minute, please. Hello, Metropolis Hospital? It's urgent that I speak with Father Sheehan immediately. Well, I think you'll find him somewhere on the fifth floor. That's right. Uh, and tell him Clark Kent is calling, will you? Thank you. Oh, what are you going to do, Mr. Kent? Save Danny's life if I can, Jim. But Clark, if the surgeon is in Chicago and the operation must be performed within two Hello? hours, I don't... Father Sheehan? Uh, Clark Kent. Yes, look, can you give me the full name of that Chicago surgeon? Well, get me his address, too, if you can. I'll hold on. Sorry, what were you saying, Lois? I was just saying that if the operation has to be performed within two hours, what's the use of even bothering Excuse me. Hello? Yes? Dr. Ernest C. Henley. Uh-huh. That's C as in Charles? Right. H-E-N-L-E-Y. Uh, you, you, you can't get the address? All right, well, never mind. Now, now, now look, Father. It's 9.15 now. You tell him to get Danny up to the operating room and have him ready. Dr. Henley will be at that hospital before 11. Miles agape, Perry White, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen listen as Clark Kent promises to transport a famous Chicago brain surgeon a thousand miles in less than two hours. We know, of course, that he intends taking action as Superman. But even Superman may fail this time. We'll know more in a moment when we return for the tense and exciting climax of today's episode. So stand by. You know, gang, there aren't many prizes or such dandy prizes that you can get as easy as those new second series comic buttons that now come in packages of Kellogg's Pet. Why, you don't have to spend a single penny of your allowance, and yet you can have the fun of collecting 18 different buttons, each one with a true-to-life picture of one of your favorite comic strip characters. It's no end of fun to add to your collection every time Mom opens a new package of pet. Fun to swap duplicates with your pals, too. And mighty exciting to wear all your buttons pinned on your jacket or dress or cap so everybody can see how many you've collected. And did I say these new second series comic buttons are easy to get? Why, you don't send in any money, not even a box stop. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pet. Then look inside the package for your prize. Get your comic buttons, gang, from P-E-P Pep, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg, the greatest name in cereals. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. With only a brief two hours in which to save young Danny O'Neill's life, Clark Kent and his true identity of Superman has streaked from Metropolis to Chicago, a distance of a thousand miles, in search of Dr. Ernest Henley, a famous brain surgeon. We join him now as once more in the garb of the mild-mannered, bespectacled newspaper reporter. He has tracked him to a medical meeting. We have discovered that a cancerous agent, which we call a milk factor, can be transmitted. We definitely believe... Now, what can I do for you, young man? I understand Dr. Ernest Henley is at this meeting. It's urgent I'm sorry. Dr. Henley opened the meeting and left. That was about 8.30. Oh, Lord. Have you any idea where he went? Why, no. Uh, no, Wait, wait. Uh, He did say something about joining his wife at the theater. They had tickets for a play. What theater, do you know? I'm afraid I don't know. How many theaters are there in Chicago? Well, now, let me see. There's uh, Siddick, the Blackstone, Great Northern... Uh, Schubert, the student. 
Excuse me, can you tell me whether Dr. Ernest C. Henley is in this theater? Henley? Yes, just a moment. Baker, Gray, Brian, Richards. Sorry, if he is, he didn't leave his name at the box office. Dr. Ernest C. Henley. Miller, Levine, Roberts, Dunn, sorry. Dr. Ernest C. Henley, please. Jeffrey, Carson, Cohen, sorry. Dr. Ernest C. Henley. Sorry. Dr. Ernest C. Henley. Sorry. Dr. Ernest C. Henley. Dr. Ernest C. Henley. Respiration, 22. Pulse, 86. More oxygen. Doctor, isn't there anything we can do for the boy? I'm afraid not, Miss. What about that telephone call Father Sheen got? That Henley would be here by 11? Yes. The man's crazy. I knew it was stupid when we moved the boy up here to the operating room. It's a quarter to 11 now. Henley's a thousand miles away. And this youngster's life is ebbing out each time the clock ticks. Evidently, Superman has failed to locate the Chicago brain surgeon. The one man in the country whose skilled fingers may save young Danny O'Neill's life. With that failure, the entire plan to ferret out the breeders of hate responsible for Danny's condition will collapse like a house of cards. For if the little newsboy dies, the rats will run for cover. Don't miss tomorrow's tense, exciting episode entitled The Fight for Life. Be sure to follow Superman's greatest battle, the battle against hate and intolerance. So join with him tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, it's the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Say, if you want your dog to tag right along with a gang, if you want him to be strong and husky, don't let him eat just to fill up. Mix his scraps of meat and fat in with Kellogg's Grow Pup Dog Food. Then just see if you don't get congratulations on what a fine dog you have. Grow Pup has what it takes to help keep a dog hitting on all fours. And it's full of swell, meaty flavor dogs like. Besides, there are three different kinds of Grow Pup. Grow Pup Ribbon, Grow Pup Meal, and Grow Pup Pellets. Ask Mother to start feeding your dog Kellogg's Grow Pup today. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Dogs Pep. B E P Pep. Kellogg's Pep. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Superman performs a modern miracle, but is forced to stand by helplessly praying for a medical miracle to save the life of Danny O'Neill, youthful victim of intolerance. 
know, gang, one of the best things about this new second series of comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out is you keep right on having fun. Yes, sir. This isn't something you do in a minute and then forget. You get loads of fun for weeks and weeks. First off, it's mighty exciting to see which button is inside when Mom opens a new package of Pep. Maybe it's a second series button you don't have yet. Maybe Uncle Willie or, or Amy from Moon Mullins. Maybe Hans or Fritz. Maybe even Superman himself, complete with cape and Superman insignia. But if it's a duplicate, that's even more fun because then you can scout around and see which one of your pals has a different button to swap with you. And then you have another gleaming, bright-colored comic button to pin on your jacket or your dress or cap. Now, it's a cinch to collect all 18 different buttons in this brand-new series. All you do is to ask Mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pep and look inside the package for your prize. Remember, you can't buy these comic buttons, and you don't send in any money, not even a box stop. They come only as prizes in packages of P-E-P, Pep, the sunshine cereal, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Veiled threats, unsigned notes of warning, and harsh anonymous voices over the telephone have for weeks heralded an organized attempt to spread hate and prejudice throughout the city of Metropolis. Then, in the darkness of the night, the first dirty, underhanded blow was struck. A disastrous fire that destroyed six buildings on Morton Street. The following day, Danny O'Neill, a young newsboy who had been an accidental eyewitness to the starting of the fire, was cruelly beaten. In the Metropolis Hospital, he was found to require a delicate brain operation. But the only surgeon who might perform the operation with any chance of success was in Chicago, three hours away by the fastest plane. As Superman, Clark Kent streaked west, learning that Dr. Henley, the surgeon, had gone to the theater. The Man of Steel, once more in the guise and garb of Clark Kent, began a tour of the Chicago theaters. Desperate now, with precious minutes ticking away, we find him inquiring at the box office of the Lyric Theater, where a musical comedy is playing. I beg your pardon, but can you tell me whether Dr. Henley, Dr. Ernest Henley, is in this theater? Doctors usually leave their names at the box office in case of an emergency call, don't they? Yes. Just a moment. Thank you. Now, let's see. What was that name again? Henley. Ernest C. Henley. Bainbridge, Lewis, Cohn, Havemeyer, Henley. Yes, he is here. Oh, thank heaven. What's his seat number? I don't know. What? He didn't leave it with me. He got here after the first uh, curtain went up, and he, all he did was stop and tell me his name, Dr. Henley. Well, how can I locate him? Well, you'll have to wait till intermission. I can't wait. I've got to be back in Metropolis in ten minutes. What did you say? I said that I... Well, never mind. I, I'm going in to find Dr. Henley. Hey, wait a minute. Come back here. The show's on. That's too bad. Stepping into the theater, Clark Kent avoids the usher who approaches him, hurries down the aisle, and once he reaches the orchestra pit, turns and faces the audience, raising his hands for attention. Sorry to have to do this, Dr. Henley, but as I said, it's a matter of life and death. My name is Clark Kent. I'm a reporter on the Metropolis Daily Planet, and I've got to... Just a moment, young man. Uh, Not so fast. It's got to be fast, Doctor. A youngster is dying in the Metropolis Hospital, and you're the only one who can possibly save him. Did you say Metropolis? Yes, you've got to be there within half an hour. Young man, are you out of your mind? Metropolis is a thousand miles from Chicago. Well, I've arranged all that. You've arranged what? (laughs) 
I'm not Superman, you know. No, but I've arranged for Superman to fly you to Metropolis. You... you what? There isn't time to explain now. Are you ready to leave? Well, uh, I don't know. My hat and coat, they're, they're, they're in the checkbook. Well, get your hat and coat and, and wait in the stage door alley outside the theater. Superman will meet you there. But make it fast, please. Yes, yes, but good heavens, this is the most Days amazing and confused. Thing. The famous brain surgeon following Clark Kent's instructions almost automatically re-enters the theater. A minute later, he emerges again, wearing his hat and coat. And there on the sidewalk, waiting for him, is the Man of Steel, resplendent in blue costume and red cape. Superman. At your service, Doctor. And I think we'd better get going. Time is growing short. Are you ready? Why, yes. Yes, I suppose so. Good. Under my arm, then. That's it. Now, up. Up and away! Leaping high above the city of Chicago, Superman hovers for a moment in curious flight, takes a bearing from the stars, and heads east, carrying the one man who may have it within his skilled power, not only to save the slowly ebbing life of young Danny O'Neill, but at the same time to strike a blow at whoever is behind the murderous attempt to build up the fires of hatred. Two hours later, as the clock in the Metropolis Bank Tower strikes midnight we find Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen at the now-deserted office of the Daily Planet. Tell me again how Superman brought Dr. Henley from Chicago, Mr. Kent. Well, I've told you once, Jim. I've told you a dozen times. At 10.30, we were in Chicago. At 10.50, Dr. Henley was at the Metropolis Hospital. Oh, who's we? Dr. Henley uh, and Superman. Oh, you said we like you were Superman. Oh, did I? Yeah, that sounds silly, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of. I think we ought to call the hospital again. It's midnight. Well, we can't keep calling every ten minutes, Jeff. Yeah, I know, but it's been an hour since Dr. Henley started operating. I know. It's an awful long time. Well, brain operations are very delicate things. They take lots of time. We've done all we can do, Jim. Everything humanly possible. The rest is in the hands of God. If Danny pulls through, and I'm praying he will, we're going right ahead with our plan to get to whoever's behind all this hate-spreading campaign. Muggs and the other kid aren't important. They're just tools. Someone higher up is using them. And that'll be your job, Jim. To get to the higher up through Muggs and his gang. You think you can handle it? Oh, I don't think. I know. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Good boy, Jim. Now, could we call the hospital? All right, all right. Go ahead. Get Miss Williams, the head nurse. I'll speak to her. Okay. Remember, this is the last call tonight. If there's no news, you're going home to bed. Oh, gosh, Mr. Ken, I couldn't sleep. Honest, I couldn't. Now, look, Jim, you've got to be sensible about this. Sitting here worrying isn't going to get there. Oh, Metropolis Hospital? I'd like to speak to Miss Williams, the head nurse. Oh, Mr. Kent's calling. Mr. Kent of the Daily Planet. Uh-huh. Thank you. She'll be right around here. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Hello, Miss Williams. This is Clark Kent. Well, I'm sorry to disturb you, but I... What was that? Oh, gosh. I see. Yes, yes, I'll hold on. Mr. Kent is... Take it easy, Tim. Dr. Henley has just come out of the operating room. It's all over. All over? You mean Danny... I mean the operation's all over. Miss Williams is finding out the result. Oh, gosh. All we can do now, Jim, is pray. That's what I'm doing. I'm praying as... as hard as I can. Lowering his head, Jimmy clasps his hands in his lap. His thin body, tight and tense... Meanwhile, an odd scene is taking place in another part of the city. A scene that in a moment will bring this episode to a strange and startling climax. Say, gang, if you should happen to help your mother with the weekend shopping, and if mother should happen to need a new package or two of Kellogg's Pep, don't forget to remind her. 
because this sunny golden toasted cereal tastes a doggone swell. It's packed with real wide-awake flavor, so fresh and crisp that, well, you'll want to eat lots of it. And because pep is good for you, too. Mom will tell you that. Why, your regular breakfast bowl full of Kellogg's pep gives you your whole daily minimum need of good old sunshine vitamin D and more than twice as much of an energy vitamin B1 as sun-ripened whole wheat. What's more, Pep is the prize package that brings you those snappy new second series comic buttons all the gang's collecting. Real humdingers they are. Brilliant colored pictures of favorite comic strip characters. Eighteen different buttons in all to collect and to trade duplicates with your pals. So better get busy. Make sure Mom gets you some more Kellogg's Pep because that's the only way you can get these thrilling comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You get these swell prizes only in packages of... P-E-P-Pep, the sunshine cereal, made by Kellogg, the greatest name in cereals. While Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are waiting anxiously for word of the success or failure of the delicate operation on young Danny O'Neill, a strange scene is taking place far across the city. In a room of a penthouse, a room equipped as an office, Muggs, the juvenile gang leader responsible for both the fire on Morton Street and the brutal attack on Danny O'Neill, stands alone at one end of the room. Actually, he is not alone. Directly in front of him is a heavy plush curtain masking a wall. And behind the curtain is a man who, although unseen, is not unheard. His voice, thin, hard, and brittle, cuts through the curtain like a knife. Answer me, you little fool. Why did you do it? Why did you attack that boy? I I figured he'd seen us and was going to snitch. You're not supposed to figure. That's my job. You're supposed to take orders. Yeah, yeah, sure. You realize what you've done? Hasn't it yet penetrated that thick skull of yours that if that boy dies... You'll go to the chair? No, you, you said I'd get protection. I said you'd get protection if you followed orders. Nobody told you to beat up that boy. I only did How it How many times have I told you that what we're trying to do is stir up trouble? Yeah, I know. You know nothing. If that boy dies, the organization I'm building here in Metropolis is ruined. We'll all have to get out of the city. Why? Why? Because when the police pick you up for murder and put the screws on you, you'll squeal. They ain't gonna pick me up. They ain't gonna. That's what you think. No, you're not leaving here until we know definitely whether the boy is dead or alive. If he's dead, the police won't get the opportunity to make you squeal. Hey, wait. What are you talking like that for? Because it's the only talk you understand. Why? Why don't you come out from behind that curtain and let me talk to you face to face? Why don't I never get to see you? For a very good reason, Mug, so that you'll never be in a position to identify me. I have important work to do. My job is to stir up hatred and prejudices. To divide the people so that when we're ready, we can step in and take over. We're out to make the Jew hate the Christian, and the Christian hate the Jew. We tell the Catholic, the Protestant despises him. And we tell the Protestant, the Catholic despises him. Do you understand? Yeah, sure. That's why I can't take any chances. My work must go on, even if it means forever silencing your tongue. If that boy dies... You will have to be eliminated. No. No. So start praying, Muggs. Get down on your knees and pray that he lives. Panic-stricken, his face chalk-white, Muggs drops to his knees. And so, by a strange twist of fate, in widely separated sections of Metropolis, two youngsters, Jimmy Olsen, boy reporter, and Muggs of Pool Room Tough, are praying for the same thing. The life of Danny O'Neill. There is only one difference. On Muggs' lips, the prayer becomes a mockery. 
What will happen? Well, now that we've at least heard the cold, brittle voice of the man behind what may be a reign of terror, anything can happen. And almost everything does in this tense, exciting story of Superman's greatest battle, the fight against hate and prejudice. So be sure to listen Monday, same time, same station, when suddenly and unexpectedly, Superman finds himself in trouble in the episode entitled, The Trap. And remember, for breakfast, it's pep. For excitement, it's the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine and brought to you Monday through Friday by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Say, how about being a pal to your dog like he is to you? Sure, do him a good turn. Treat him to Kellogg's Grow Pup Dog Food. It beats all how many dogs give Grow Pup the glad eye. It's so full of meaty flavor, and there are three different kinds to pick from. There's Grow Pup Ribbon, Grow Pup Meal, and Grow Pup Pellets. You can give your dog the kind he likes best because they all have what it takes to help keep him right on the beam. For lots of muscle, for strong bones and teeth, ask Mother to base your dog's diet on Kellogg's Grow Pup every day. And be sure to be with us on Monday for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.